For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. podcast i'm chris braden with me as always ray crockett two-time super bowl champion just bronco great how you doing today ray i'm good brother I'm good how's everything going it's been a crazy crazy week of football and a, and a crazy week outside of football as well well i'll tell you a little something about colorado because you mentioned this in our first show uh fall is already here it's too cold to go hit golf balls at like 4 30 here now it sucks it's horrible just too cold so wow be glad where you're at <laughs> it's already that cold i thought we had a couple of a couple of more weeks before that well we'll get we'll get warm for a day and then it'll get cold you know how it is it's just mm-hmm. it's you can't count on it being nice out anymore exactly. as far as like me like t-shirts and shorts guy with flip-flops that's oh yeah no those days those days are over with Yes. You got to wait for next year for that. (laughs) Yeah. Unless I come visit you, which I plan on doing. There you you go. I got on shorts right now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We'll go play some golf and have a good time, man. But so this week, another tough week for the Denver Broncos. Lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 19 to 27. Teddy Bridgewater, 24-38, 288 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, you know. Uh, you know, the pick hurt him a little bit, but, you know, Javante Williams early in the game looked like he was going to have a game. He had a couple nice runs and yeah. catch. He only ended up with eight carries. Melvin Gordon only had nine carries, and Teddy had one. So we're looking at 18 total carries and 38 passes. Um, you know, just kind of a lackluster I don't want to say a lackluster performance, Ray, because I like the players that the Denver Broncos have. I do. Honestly, I feel like these last two weeks, the Ravens and the Steelers, I don't think the coaching staff did the players any favors. I think the the game plan was super vanilla. We have a couple of dynamic running backs, and we're only we're not even given either one 10 carries. It just right. doesn't look like Honestly, it doesn't look like the Broncos that I know the Broncos are. It's it's, it's a team kind of without uh, personality, especially offensively. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the thing about the league and, and the NFL, and you hear this word thrown around a lot, and, and, and it means something, especially offensively. What is your identity? We we don't seem to have an identity, and that and that's the problem right now is that if you want your team to buy into what you are doing, if you want your team to believe in you as a coaching staff and as a as a planner of, of scheme, then you have to have an identity and you have to be able to relate that identity to the players. 
You have to be able yeah. to say, this is our identity. We Like when I played with the Broncos, we knew our identity. You know, when we got Terrell Davis and we knew Terrell Davis was that guy, we knew we were a run-first team, play-action team, and, and, and Elway had the ability to make last-minute drives or, or ending game drives. So we knew we had a trigger man, but our identity was a physical run-first team on offense. Everybody knew that. Stop it. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. You got to stop it. Even though you know it, you still have to stop it which that is the problem with us. I don't I don't feel we have a true identity right now. What is our identity? From week to week, it changes. You have to hone in to your game plan and to your scheme and be able to relate to your players. This is what we expect. This is our identity, so this is what we expect from you. If our identity is going to be a running team, then those linemen have to understand. We expect you to go out physical guys. We expect physicality in the game. I don't see that as of yet. Okay, let me, you know, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong on this. For me, the Denver Broncos, probably the coach on that roster that has the most cachet that we know he's like one of the best at what he does is Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak can teach these guys and, and hone these guys into great pass blockers, great road graders, things like that. How come it just doesn't seem like Pat Shermer and Mike Munchak? I don't, I don't see synergy there. And like for me, you know, I love Mike Munchak. I think he's a guy that's great at what he does. And I don't understand, you know, we saw the evolution of Garrett Bowles. We see some of these young offensive linemen like Dalton Reisner, you know, coming into their own. And I'm like, all right, we got the protection handled. Like now what? Like now what? I mean, what are we supposed to do? Well, I mean, and that's that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. As a team, it all starts with the staff first. It all starts with the coaching staff being on the same page and the synergy being there as far as Munchak being able to tell Sherman, hey, this is what we are best doing. Like, th these are my guys. They're good at pass blocking, but this is the type of pass blocking it needs to be whether it's play action pass, whether it's scat blocking, whatever that case may be, all those different terms they have, three-step blocking, five-step, whatever it may be. Or you just say, hey, we have some bulldozers over here. We got guys who can open up lanes for the running back, so we need to run the ball 30 times a game. You know, they need repetition to do that. And, and so far, I don't see that synergy either in the, in the two coaches in the scheme and the staff. That's something that has to come together. We have to develop some type of identity, whether that's going to be a one-two punch with, with the running backs, with Williams and, and, the, and the two running backs, whether it's going to be that or is it going to be the quick hitting pass offense? Is it going to be that or is it going to be run first, play action? Is it going to be that? I mean, those are the type of things we have to, they have to discuss as a staff and come out and get your players to buy into it. Because right now, I don't feel the players is buying into the schemes that we're doing offensively or defensively. So with that being said, that's something that the coaches and the staff have to solidify. You know, and it, you know, just from the outside looking in, with all the injuries at the wide receivers, you got two really good, healthy running backs. It just makes more sense to run the ball right now, doesn't it? Of course, and not only that, when you have high-powered offenses on the other side, 
it keeps them off of the field. Yeah, it gives them less chances to get at your defense, and it gives your defense a chance to rush, to rest, and to reform themselves. Look at the tape and and, and look at their the whatever they have on the sideline now. <laughs> you know, all of them have computers or whatever, laptops. It gives them time to adjust, and that's the thing that we have to do. We have to start developing drives that can rest the defense and give those guys time to adjust. And I, and I feel from looking at Williams, especially Williams, and, and looking at the guys we have over there on that side of the ball, especially if our guards are healthy and, and, and we get our two guards back and healthy and back in, you know, into the flow like they were in the first three games, I think it definitely fits us to run the ball and be a play-action pass if you're trying to get – because you need play-action pass anyway to get Corlin and Patrick down the field. Tell Patrick and mm-hmm. Corlin Sutton because they're those type of guys – but they're not the type of drop back guys just go deep. It's more so right. a play action, use the body, get the 50-50 ball, be able to box out, that type of thing. That's more of a play action scheme for those guys. It fits those guys better. You know, the, the funny thing here in Denver, when Vic Fangio got here, he spent years being a defensive coordinator up in the booth. He liked being up high so he could see the game. We finally got him down, and obviously he looks comfortable down there on the field. So this week they're talking about Pat Shermer being up in the booth, um, and he should be down on the field. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, for me, I see most offensive coordinators, unless they're the head coach up in the booth. You know, that's kind of the way it's way it's done. And the reason I'm asking this question is, um, and I'm not calling for any jobs here, but – there's been a call for Vic Fangio. There's been a call for Pat Shermer. A lot of players were talking about you just can't do that in the middle of the season because of people coming in. Maybe they know what they're doing, but you have to use the old coach's vocabulary. So really what I'm asking is what is it like for a player when you have a change in the middle of the season and does that ever work? Uh, a change of coaching? Yeah, you're talking about head coach or court. I mean, it all depends. It just depends. I mean, sometimes it can work. I mean, just it really just depends on where the players' mindsets are and and how they react to it. Because at the end of the day, if it's it's if it's one of those situations where half of the players really like the coach, the other half of the players don't, or you know, when there's discrepancy within the within the own locker room. I just don't know the feeling of these guys and what they feel about Shermer and Alfangio. But for the most part, when you do that, nine times out of ten, you're already in disarray, so your season is probably already over. <laughs> I mean, most of the time when you change a coach in the middle of a season, it's because you're getting your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's never because you're winning. <laughs> so so if, if you're already getting beat, it, it really does. It, no, it never works. If, if that's the answer you want me, it, it probably never works because you already get the ass kicked. That's the way. And, and, but it can be, you know, you can turn around and say, hey, we made strides when, when we dropped the coach. But at the end of the day, you're still not going nowhere. So you're still kind of trash in the season. So going into this week, we're playing against the team that that's exactly happened. Um, John Gruden's out. Rich Basilia is in. He was the uh, like assistant head coach and the special teams coordinator going, uh, stepping up and doing that job. This is different a little bit too because John Gruden calls all 
of the plays for the offense for the Oakland Raiders. So first of all, what are your thoughts on this whole Gruden thing? And then after that, we can get into the game a little bit. I mean, first and foremost, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no way around it. I mean, when, of course, when, when the first email was, was found out or whatever with him and DeMar Smith, quite frankly, I'll just be honest. I didn't think he was going to lose his job because I, I, I didn't think the league was going to put a lot of emphasis on it with, with it being, you know, really just him making a joke about DeMar Smith and, and, and you know, I'm not going to call him a racist or anything like that, but most of the time that would not make you lose your job. (laughs) I mean, it just wouldn't. I mean, especially with with the powers that be and the good old boys that that are running the NFL with all the owners. There's no African-American owners, so it's not like the owners are going to sit in there and say, oh, that's just horrible. No, they're just going to say, hey, he made a mistake. Let him keep his job. You know, it was 10 years ago, whatever the case may be. They would have brushed it under the rug. But now mm-hmm. when the others came out, <laughs> and, and, and now <laughs> you see that, you know, he's a homophobic and all, you know, all, you know, with the females and all. I mean, when all that stuff came out, that's different. That's different because now you're, you're threatening the whole NFL Sign the whole, you know. Now you're threatening what we supposedly stand for. We're the shield. Yeah, you're the big shield. We're standing for change. We're standing for no racism. All this stuff that you know. We're standing for you know not being homophobic. You know, we we want openly gay players. All this stuff that we're saying we want and that we're saying we're about. You pretty much affected every one of them. So it's pretty much like saying, I mean, I. I'm going to be honest. Here's my my real take is this. One, yes, he had to go. I mean, that's no no doubt about it. When when you come to how many people he affected and how how many people he insulted. And then, two, the audacity. I mean, think about this. How comfortable (laughs) do you have to be and, 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 and have the audacity and the privilege to say, I'm going to send this to Bruce Allen. I'm going to send this stuff to Bruce Allen. You know, what is it going to hurt? I mean, do you understand the privilege in your mindset to think I can just insult women, I can insult gay players, I can insult, you know, African-American, I can insult whoever the hell I want. So there's a comfort level there that makes me a little nervous because I'm like... How many other people think that way? If you felt so comfortable to send that to Bruce Allen, thinking that, okay, if Bruce Allen sends it to the owners, they would get a chuckle out of it or whatever. Do the owners feel that way? You know what I'm saying? You have to start to think that way. You have to start to think, man, the audacity of this man to send that to Bruce Allen and, and think that nothing will come out of it and think that I can still come back to the NFL and get a job and everything is going to be cool. That bothers me. Now, how how John Gruden feels, I don't give a damn. That's, you know, Ray, that's on you. That That's a great take. And, and I think really, like Adam Schefter said, he did offend everybody. That's one of those you got to go offenses for sure. But also, you brought up a good point about like him being unaware and thinking it was okay to send it in the first place. I, I don't know about, no, 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 it's not. I don't think he was unaware. 
I think he was comfortable. I mean, that's okay. My yeah, it, yeah, it's not unaware. I mean, you're not right. unaware that you're insulting all these people. You're just comfortable as hell to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's what, my thing. No, and I agree with you. And I think what I meant was unaware because, like, some of the when my kids are growing up and they're online and they're doing stuff, I'm like, you know, this stuff's forever. Yeah, like, whatever you put out there. Doesn't matter, email, video, tweet, whatever. So, so you're absolutely comfortable. So you're absolutely yeah. comfortable and okay with any backlash that comes with it. That's and my people, problem. Yep. And people, once you send something like that out, you you just kind of open it up to people to see what your real character is at that point. Exactly. Exactly. It's like all, all of that, you know, stuff that you were selling. There is no way you could go into a locker room after that and look at players. And say, I don't feel that way. Get the hell out right. of here. <laughs> no player is gonna trust you at that point. So with this situation, that's why it's different than changing a coach in the middle of the season because they're not doing well or because the player this situation, the players would not trust John Gruden at all. So he no. it, it, he had to go. It would be so much more of a distraction than anything else that they're doing. It doesn't matter if they could go out and beat a team 55 to nothing, and people would still be talking about this. You know, so he had to go. Now, bringing on the, the interim coach for them is tricky. It's tricky for them now because, like you said, Gruden was basically the head coach and the offensive coordinator. So that's really two positions that you have to find. It's, it's different when you lose a head coach and you just have to find a guy to oversee everything. You got the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, everybody's still intact. Special teams coach still intact. That's different. Now, you have to gotta, you have to find a new leader, you know, someone that the players want to follow, someone that the players trust, especially in this instance, because now you got to feel like everybody who's on that staff probably knew something about group <laughs> that they weren't yeah. telling the players. You know what I'm saying? I, as a player, I, if I'm sitting in that locker room, especially with, with my tenor with the Broncos, I was a captain, I would be sitting there going, if that would have happened to Mike, I would be sitting there looking at all of those assistant coaches and saying, which one of you mother of us knew <laughs> what was going on? You know, which one of you, you guys knew that he was that type of dude? You know? Right. So mm -hmm. they got to clear all that out. They got to clear all that out and get new leadership, get a different off you know, offensive coordinator, somebody to call the plays. So it's going to be interesting. And I'll, I'll just say it this way. Yay for the Broncos. <laughs> because right, maybe, right. Yeah, because maybe we caught them in total disarray. And at the end of the day, you know, hey, it is what it is. It, it's the NFL. And, and not for long is, is what that stands for. And, and this opportunity it's not going to last for long. They're going to get it together. They're going to figure it out. And, and this is just a week that maybe we caught them before they do and we get us a victory. You know, and it's funny you say that because really it's kind of a reset for the Raiders. And um, maybe they get rid of Mayock and just clean house and start fresh. And, you know. Uh, and, and that's another thing. You you have to wonder with Mayock. If, if Gruden felt so comfortable to send those emails to Bruce Allen, I'm sure he felt comfortable enough to say something around Mayock. You know, yeah. you just have to, you have to just believe that. You know, uh, you know how it is when you in the in the as they call it in the boardroom with the guys and and you cracking your little jokes and they're laughing or whatever. 
I'm sure he's cracked some jokes around Mayock about, you know, some of the stuff that we saw in email. Because there's no, I just can't believe that he would feel as comfortable as he did to write it down, that he wouldn't feel comfortable just to blurt it out, you know, in front right. of somebody that he's comfortable with. Well, for this game, it's interesting, too, because, you know, Broncos and Raiders are both sitting there at three and two. Um, the Broncos coming off two losses where I feel they should have won at least one of those games. Right. I, I feel like they had to kind of win at least one of those games because the schedule gets a lot tougher as you go along. Raiders have all this turmoil internally. And it's funny because a lot of people are talking about, are they going to, is this going to galvanize them or is this going to just throw everything in flux? I think for one game, if you're the Oakland Raiders, this might be like, Hey man, we didn't even need Gruden. Of you course. Car throwing to Waller, of course. You got Jacobs, you got the Khalil Mack coming out there going nuts. I mean, I think that the Raiders are going to be a handful for the like Denver Broncos. Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack is I mean, with yeah. the Bears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Khalil, I was thinking about last week, but yes, you're 100% right. But, no worries. Uh, no worries, but yeah, look, the ghost of Khalil Mack might come out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, exactly. no, I, 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 I agree a hundred percent. And I said that to a couple of guys that we were talking about this. If I was a player, that's exactly how I would approach it. Mm -hmm. I would approach it that, Hey, Gruden does not run this team because we are the pros. And, you know, so many people put emphasis on coaches like Bill Belichick, oh, he's the greatest coach in the world. Da, da, da. But Bill Belichick wouldn't be the greatest coach without some Joes and some pros. So he proved that last year. Exactly. So that's why I feel this would definitely galvanize the team as far as for them to say, hey, we still got Derek Carr. He's still a bad man. We still got Waller. He's still a bad man. We still got all of these guys, and we still pick up these checks every Monday. So yep. just because Gruden is out, Quite frankly, some of the guys are going to be like, we glad to see the MF go, you know, because some of the players didn't like him anyway. I, I know that to be fact, that some of the players didn't like the way Gruden handled, you know, some of the other players in the past. Like the partner, they cut the partner, he cut the partner basically because he didn't like it, you know, stuff like that. Players knew Well, about he let Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack go first thing yeah. they did. Yeah, so so when you look at and when that and when the Khalil Mack thing happened, that was really a dissension within the team because so many players was like, "What? You let our best defensive player go?" You know. So when it comes to stuff like that, some of those players are going to be one thousand percent happy that the fraud was found out because mm -hmm. believe me, I've heard a number of guys call John you know Gruden a fraud. And, and I won't mention names, but from top to bottom, I'm talking from the time I played against him to now that they've yeah. all said he's a fraud. So with that being said, those players are going to be anxious to prove that they're still the Raiders and they're still a good team without John Gruden. Well, and the funny thing is, is that I have an affinity for Derek Carr, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, his fight to get back after the big injury kind of like the fight he's had with John Gruden. John Gruden's known for, like, collecting quarterbacks. Like, right. he, he he wants to keep these guys, you know, on their toes on edge. all on the edge. time. Yeah. yeah, all the time. And we talked about it when he was with the Bucks. I think, in one of the last episodes. But for me, I feel like on the offensive side of the ball, 
they've got enough good players. Sands, the offensive line might be a little um, bit of a sieve, but they got wide receivers like Waller. I mean, he he's not Kelsey, but he's he's dang close. Oh, and, yeah, he's uh, a bad boy. And then you got Rugs who can blow the top off of the defense on any defense. So when yep. you when when you have those situations, you got a, a speed guy, which we already saw with Hollywood Brown, mm-hmm. that we can have trouble with speed. So you can best believe the Broncos better get ready for Rugs to be running down the, the center of that field, trying to outrun Simmons and, and Jackson. So they have the type of weapons that give our defense problems anyway. We have a problem covering tight ends. We saw that with Andrews. We have a problem covering speed. We saw that with Hollywood. What does this team have? A big-time tight end and a big-time speed guy. So we better have fixed those problems from Baltimore because you can best believe. And then on top of that, they have a quarterback that, in my opinion, is better or, or just as good as Lamar delivering the football. So we better be ready. That's all I can say about this. We better not take this this John Gruden crap and and put that on the board as if these guys are going to be in disarray. These guys are going to be ready to play, and they have all the weapons that give us problems. Well, the two guys we didn't even mention was they got Kenyon Drake backing up, and then they also got maybe the best slot receiver in the NFL in Renfro. So – I mean, exactly. Like I said, they have all the weapons that give us problems. And and so defensively, we better have a better a good scheme for these guys. And we better be prepared to play well with our eyes and, and better be prepared to be able to mix up our coverages and to put pressure on car. We can't go into this game and be lack, you know, lackadaisical and come out and be passive and soft like we were the last two games. We better come out right away and show the Raiders that we mean business in our building and that we're going to make you think about, you know, whether good was or whether Gruden was a problem or, or, or what you missing him is going to be a problem. The only way you do that is to jump on this team fast. That's the only way. So before I get into the injuries before the game, you were a veteran player, like, did you ever get any of those rest days? I mean, it's kind of like legend Mark Schloreth hardly ever practiced because of all the surgeries and stuff like that. But I'm looking at this injury report, and I want to ask you that before I go over this. Oh, yeah, I definitely did. I definitely okay. did. I mean, I didn't get it until, let me see. I think when Mike came by the second year, because uh, I was in, let me see, I was in my eighth year. When we won the Super Bowl, I was in my ninth year. So, yeah, my eighth year is when uh, Mike gave me a couple of days. Uh, I think when we went 13-3, and three, I didn't even play the last game. I didn't even, yeah, we went 13-3 and three that, that year when we lost to freaking Jacksonville. I didn't even play the last game. Uh, I, look, look, don't even remind me. But anyway, I didn't even play the last game. I mean, so, so yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was one of those guys that Mike would come and give me some rest days from time to time, ask me how my body feels. And, and you do that for your veterans, especially if, if you know that you have a veteran who has proved himself and has also proved that he can play without practicing. I mean, that's the thing is you give it to him one time and you see how he performs. 
And then after that, that that's really the adjustment you make. If you don't perform well, you can best believe your butt will be practicing every practice. But if you perform well, then they feel they can trust you and, and you you know can stay into it mentally and all of that and physically as well. Then yeah, I mean I, I think it's a good thing for veterans for sure. Well, okay, I'm glad because like these are the three guys that he rested yesterday. Von Miller goes without saying. Bobby Massey, another guy that's been in the league for a while, maybe needs to heal up a little bit. But they gave A.J. Johnson just a rest day, too. And, and, and A.J. Johnson is one of those guys where he's a big a big guy, big physical guy, mm-hmm. and, and he, he dishes out a lot of punishment to his body. Okay. You know, so he, he's one of those guys. And he's a, he, he, to be quite frank, he's, he's a stiffer guy. So I can see where if he's dished out, you know, you, you see him, every hit is like with every fiber of his body. So yes. with that being said, he, he, he could definitely probably use some rest. <laughs> Plus, we already lost Josie Jewell. Exactly. And, and the last thing we need is to lose another linebacker by over-practicing him or not giving his body sufficient time to heal. Here's the list right now. I'm just going to read the, na- the the big names. Melvin Gordon didn't play with uh, with a hip yesterday. Kareem Jackson, a back, uh, went over the uh, rest guys. Mike Purcell, back. Ronald Darby, hamstring. Is he coming back? Full, Is full he coming practice. back? He's, okay, yeah. yeah it, it looks possible. Shelby okay. Harris, wrist, full practice. Justin Simmons, hand. Full practice and Cortland Sutton ankle full practice. I mean, you're used to this. You were in the NFL for years. You know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, everybody's in all year. I mean, you're never 100% at that point, maybe by this right. week in the season. Right. And that's the thing is that once you play, play those first four games, those first, you know, the first quarter of the season, nobody's 100% healthy. Everybody have aches, everybody have bruises that you have to fight through, to play through. You have to keep your body, you know, refreshed and all that stuff. You have to get in those ice tubs. You got to do everything you can to be able to play. That's why playing an extra game, players were so adamant about not wanting to play 17-game season because they was like, man, look, we, we know how tough it is to fight through that 13, 14, 15, 16 game already. So so that was part of the reason. But but with this game, what also makes a, a good – well, I say what also makes it better mentally for this game is this rivalry week, man. You can't leave that out. This is the Raiders. This is rivalry week. Not only with rivalry week, you have Steve Atwater getting his Hall of Fame ring. You have Mike mm-hmm. Shanahan going into the ring of fame. I mean, we never lost against the Raiders. That's the one thing when Mike came – Mike made sure of that because he had bad blood with the Raiders and his coaching tenor there. So they still owe him money. Yeah, yeah. So this is rivalry <laughs> week. So that's the one thing that you can't leave out. When you have a big time rivalry, all those little aches and pains go away. They really do. It might be harder for you to play a team that you really don't care much about. And, and you know, you really don't have any beef, as they say. These young guys say now you really don't have any beef with them. But we have real beef with the Raiders. And so, right. yeah, so whoever has these little nicks and cuts and bruises, believe me, they ain't going to be thinking about that come game time. This is rivalry week. So, Ray, let me ask you this before I get to the injuries on the Raiders. You know, I've Dave Logan, Scott Hastings, they talk about all the time when they go into 
the away game against the Raiders, whether it's Oakland, LA, or whatever, they never wear stuff that you can see that's Bronco-y. What kind of reception would you guys get when you would come into town? I mean, it was the same. I mean, you know, but I, I didn't care. I mean, I I don't I don't worry about the fans. You know, that's really. Did you enjoy it though? Did you enjoy? I did. It? I, I did. I, I I'm gonna tell you one, and this honest to God, true story right here. Um, we played the Raiders one time, and me, I'm trying to think. I want to make sure I get the guys right. I know it's myself. Shannon Sharp and Terrell, matter of fact. It was myself, Shannon Sharp, and Terrell. We missed the bus. We missed the last bus. And we had to catch it. We caught a cab to the stadium, to the radio stadium. And the cab, of course, we get there, and we're like, hey, we, we got to go to the Broncos locker room. The cab lets us out. They wouldn't let us go through the stadium and go how the bus went to the locker room. We had to walk through the Raiders oh. Yeah, tailgate party. We walked through the Raiders tailgate party, and and matter of fact, I, I want to say I, I I don't I want to say he's a sharper Terrell. One of us grabbed one of the hot dogs or something that the Raiders was cooking. Like one of the guys, you know, one of the fans was like, "Hey, grab grab you a, a link or whatever." But yeah, we man, we don't care about that. I mean. They, I mean, they was there were some of the fans that was, you know, boo, boo, we're going to kick your ass, all that. But other than that, man, we don't worry about that. I mean, so I, I wore my Bronco stuff proud whenever I was on the road. I didn't care. It's, it's not about, it's not a rivalry with the fans. It's a rivalry with the team and the players. The fans are not going to play on that, on that field. That's true. What was the hardest place you had to play? Like, what was the toughest stadium to go play in? The toughest Kansas City, I would say the Chiefs. The Chiefs was a tougher stadium than, than the Raiders. You could tell that by the record. I mean, even yeah. when we won the Super Bowl, even when we won back to back, the Chiefs probably beat us two or three times in, in those in those games. And as a matter of fact, they won the division one year that we won. We had to go to the Chiefs and, and end up beating the Chiefs and Pittsburgh. So I would say the Chiefs and uh, the Steelers. You know, I would say Three Rivers. Were the toughest two places to play for sure. As a Bronco fan, when you guys had to go on the road for playoffs, it was a super bummer. <laughs> I'm sure. See you guys I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure as a fan. As a fan, but you know what? As a player, sometimes it's better as a player because you're focused. You're more focused. And and for me, I played on the road better. I played on the road better because I I loved it. I I loved the fans screaming at me. It got my endorphins up higher, and, and I was just really, really focused when it came to playing on the road. So the Raiders, as far as injuries go, they got, they, they had a couple guys uh, on from the defensive line that didn't practice yesterday, Hankins and Nassib. Um, they got Darren Waller didn't play rest the knee. I think all that stuff is what we talked about. Yeah. They, once again, all those guys will play. It, it well, is rivalry week. All those guys are going to show up. <laughs> the funny thing is, is like, it almost looks like they have everybody listed. Exactly. You know how Bill yeah. Belichick does that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all, all those guys are going to play. So anybody that's not on injury reserve, anybody that you don't see today as saying out, if it's not an out by their name, count on them playing. Because <laughs> exactly, this, yeah, this is one of those weeks, and and we just have to be ready offensively, man. We're gonna have to attack this defense. We're gonna have to figure out a way to one 
loosen these guys up. We got to figure out a way to get the ball downfield. And that's going to be, this is one of those games I feel we will have to run the ball for sure. We're going to have to run the ball 25, 30 times and, and get our play action game going. I think that's where we're better to get the ball down the field. We're a better team if we can play action and we can quick hit you on first down. If we can come in, run the ball, and, and keep our short game, because our receivers are better. And I keep saying this week in and week out. We have big body receivers that have the capability to get in between the, the defender and the ball. And if you try to get around them, it's going to be pass interference. So we have to start hitting those slants. We have to start hitting those, those dummy routes where you get bunch and you get a guy broken off free quickly. We got to start hitting some quick hitter stuff for these big guys to get the ball in their hands and make DBs tackle. That's the one thing we have to do with big receivers. When you have a receiver like Tim Patrick and Corlin Sutton, make DBs tackle. They don't want to do it, especially <laughs> in this day and age. Now, when I played, we had corners, you know, that would tackle. I was a tackling corner. It didn't bother me. But in this day and age, these guys want to get interceptions. They don't want to tackle. So put the ball in and sort and cut Cortland Sutton and, and Tim Patrick's hand early with different quick routes, with bunch routes and stuff like that. Make the even throw some quick screens if you have to. Make these DBs tackle and then run the ball. You have to run the ball because the Raiders, the one thing about their defense, if you keep them on the field, they would tire out. They would tire yeah. out. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, from my opinion, they don't look like they're in great shape in the games that I watch down the stretch. But you have to get them down the stretch. You can't get them or let them off the hook by just going three and out, three and out. You have to keep them on the field 50, 60, 65 plays. And you'll see toward the end that they will tire out. So before I get your uh, prediction on the Broncos game, let's go around the uh, AFC West here. Justin Herbert is coming of age right before our eyes. Chargers at four and one. Broncos, Raiders, both tied in the middle at three and two. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs down with three losses. Who would have ever thought that? Funny oh. thing is, the funny thing is, is that it seems like the NFL kind of has a has a book on the Chiefs. Now that being said, they can still like you know drop dimes on you and beat you. But no I doubt. think the way the NFL is playing defense against the Chiefs is making it a little bit tougher. And that line in front of Patrick Mahomes isn't what it once was. So you know we got uh, this week we got the Chargers at the Ravens and we've got the Chiefs at Washington. What's your thoughts about the AFC West in those two games? Uh, the Chargers at the Ravens is going to be a hell of a game. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be a, a, a game to see as we just saw Lamar Jackson is on one. He's, he, he is Beyonce. He is feeling himself right now. And, and he's playing well. He's doing things that, that an MVP is supposed to do. And, and now he's making some mistakes. Don't get me wrong. He's making some mistakes. He's made he's made a couple. Even he made a couple of mistakes in our game as well. But he can't put that Superman cape on at any time and, and get you back in the game as we just saw Monday night. And with Her Herbert, I mean, I just love the guy. I told you this. Mm -hmm. I think I told you this after week two. 
that I felt that the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West. And then they went on down there and they beat Kansas City like I thought they would. And they've proven they are the best team right now in the AFC West. They are hitting on all cylinders and they got players in all different positions. It's like if you say, what are the most important positions on the field? They got a player there. They got a guy that can play at that position. And when you have that, that always gives you know, it always gives you a chance to win. When you can look and say, kind of like us, if you say quarterback, Elway, oh, that's a player. Running back, yep. Terrell Davis, oh, that's a player. Tight end, Shannon Sharp, oh, that's a player. <laughs> you know, when you can say that, then you got a shot. You got you got a true shot to play. And so I, I think the I really think the Chargers are gonna beat them. I think the Chargers will beat the Ravens because the Chargers are a complete team. And they're a team that if they get on you, they got dogs at players in their positions that can stop you. Unlike, you know, what we saw with the Indianapolis Colts, they don't really have any dogs at those, you know, real positions that I call out the cornerback and, and you know, the defensive line, linebacker. I, I don't see real dogs there. So you can come back on a team like that. But you're not going to come back on the Chargers, you know. So I think the Chargers will get that game. You go back to Kansas City at Washington, right? And uh, Kansas City, I think they're just outscoring. You know, that's one of those games where Washington, I don't think Washington is a great football team. They are, you know, but don't nobody care. <laughs> Look, but don't nobody care. Well, their defense is kind of underperformed this year. I mean, yeah, you know, they, yeah, lose, they lose Fitz Magic, and that's kind of the offense. You're like, oh, now what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, and that defense is just not doing it. Yeah. yeah. They're not a great team. The Kansas City Chiefs can – there's some teams – that the Kansas City Chiefs can still just outscore, period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's and, one of them. And that's one of them. That's one of those teams that I don't care if you play up, you know, in the backyard, you play up on the park, you play them in the street next to the Cadillac. Kansas City is going to outscore that team. You know, I'm with you on that for sure. And I, the Chargers-Ravens game, you know, Lamar Jackson has just been amazing this season. And uh, it's not like he's – I feel like he's doing it by himself. Obviously, he isn't. But everything we've seen, like, you know, the passing game from Lamar this year is just elevated. Obviously, he can run the ball. And I'm kind of with you on that. But also, on the other hand, you're like, yeah, Lamar might have some more tricks up his sleeve. You never know. I mean, Lamar, he's capable. But if you look at, like I said, San Diego Chargers secondary is a good secondary. Mm -hmm. Hollywood Brown is not going to be running up up and down through their secondary. So that's not going to happen like it happened against us and like it happened against the Colts. That's not going to happen. So with that being said, you take out one of his most valuable weapons and they're already in trouble. And then with Andrew, yep. they actually, the, the Chargers actually have safeties that cover the tight end better. So when you look at that with Andrews, Andrews is not going to be running free like he was against these last two weeks against us and against the Colts as well. So just those two components make me say, the Chargers will win this game. They got the capability to take Hollywood Brown out the game or to at least keep him in control, keep him in check. They got the capability to keep Andrews in check. So with those two things alone, I give that victory to the Chargers. All right, we're down two at the Evil Empires coming into town. Raider week with the Broncos is always huge. Um, For me... This is a must-win game. This is for Vic Fangio especially. I think, really, this is the weekend where where Peyton's going to be like, if you start 3-0 and now you're 3-3, 
all right, I'm already kind of thinking about what I'm going to do next year. That doesn't mean he's going to lose his job or anything, but I think this is a pivotal game. We'll tell you everything you need to know about uh, Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio and how they get the team prepared hundred percent. So how do you see this game going this weekend? Man, uh, just with the, with the, the hype of the game, mm-hmm. and this is one of those games where I will be honest. I definitely feel it's a pivotal game because for one, like I said, it's a, it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry game for the Raiders. So if you as a head coach of the Denver Broncos cannot get your team up to play the Raiders at home mm-hmm. with all of the fanfare, old players like myself, I'll be at the game as a matter of fact, old players nice. like myself and Steve Atwater and, and Terrell Davis and Shannon Shaw, all of us are coming back. If you can't get your team hyped for that, I'll never, I'll never forget the days where when, when those older guys came back and they was like, hey, this, this is alumni week. Oh, man. Like Mecklenburg and Grant yeah. This It's alumni guys. week. Dennis Smith, all the guys that you played, Tom Jackson, this alumni week. We're like, if you can't get up for this game, when you and, and then on top of it, it's the Raiders. If you can't get your team in on top of that, the Raiders are in disarray. They're missing their head coach, their play caller. If you can't come to this game and get your players up and get a victory, oh, yeah, your job's on the line. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. I don't care what nobody says. Your job's on the line, dude. So Fangio knows this. Fangio knows with, with everything the Raiders are going through this week, and with Mike Shanahan, Steve Badwater being on the field, and with all the old Super Bowl champs on the field and all of that. I mean, here's a guy in Mike Shanahan. Hell, if Fangio win this game, they might tell Mike, coach the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They won't do that. But I would definitely say this is the pivotal, can I lead these men? Will these men follow me? Can you know? Can I put together a game plan on both sides of the ball to show that I still have control of leadership and of these men? If that doesn't happen this week, it pretty much will not happen. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? That's just how I feel about it. If you cannot do that this week under these circumstances, then you're probably not gonna get it done. Like you, you just mm-hmm. might as well start saying, I'm, I'm going back to be a coordinator somewhere and, and start planning that that thing out. I, I that's just how I feel. That's just my opinion. I know it's just, you know, it's in the it's not even the middle of the season yet, but I feel that this is one of those weeks that that's how you look at it. As a GM, as a owner, as a you know, president, you look at it and say, this is one of those games, one of those weeks where everything is right there for you as a head coach to prove to us that I got a handle of this team. I, mm-hmm. I can get this done. And that's just how I feel about it. So if they go out yeah. and don't play well or, or, or don't look prepared or look flat, any of those things or any of those cliche words that people use to say you suck, if they go out and be like that, yeah, it's probably it's probably curtains. Just the optics of four and two versus three and three is it's huge. It just looks 
four two looks so much better than three and three. Ray, I can't let you get get away with teasing Broncos country because literally I forgot there's like a really good head coach that lives like five miles from Dove Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 and, 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 I, and I know him very well, and and I know for a fact that the blood still boils <laughs> inside of him. To yep. coach, I mean, yep. he still he still has, as they used to say, running water inside of him. <laughs> so I, I know, I, I don't, you know, I, I doubt that would ever happen. Just to be honest, I, I doubt that the the powers that be would would pull that trigger. But I, you can best believe this is one of those weeks, though, that that with him being on the sideline and him getting honored at halftime, going up in the Ring of Fame. This is one of those weeks that will remind 100,000 or how many show up this week, 80,000, 90,000. It would definitely remind them that, hey, that was a pretty good man walking that sideline at one time. Well, and not only that, just seeing the success that you guys had in the past and where we're at today, man, it just kind of makes you as a fan (laughs) sad and irritated and Everything, sure. every other adjective you could use for that right now. Yeah, and it escalates. It's just going to escalate. If, if they mm-hmm. don't get this victory, it's going to escalate it because, like I said, you you have two-time Super Bowl back-to-back champions down there on the sideline, alumni week, with, with Atwater getting his Hall of Fame ring and, and, and your coach going to ring of fame. With all of that surrounding that, and then you go out and get your ass kicked by the same team that we just refuse to lose to. Dominated. Yeah, we just refuse to lose to. So with all that being said, yeah, you can best believe, you're talking about they're calling for his head now. Oh, man, that the head would be chopped. It would be out of look. His head would be on the field before the game is over if they don't have a good showing. So he knows that too. Don't, don't let me tell you. Every coach understands and knows the way the league operates and and the way things go, and they know how important games are. He knows this is a very very pivotal important game for his going forward as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Not for his career, right. not for his career, because he'll get another job. I mean, he'll oh, yeah. get another job as a defensive coordinator, whatever. I mean, we, we've all seen that before. But as far as for him being a head coach, this is a pivotal game. So, Ray, what's your prediction for this Sunday? I knew you were going to ask me that. I thought I was going to sneak out of here and get away with it because <laughs> I, I, I really – this is really a tough game. You don't have to oh. give me a score, Bronco, Bronco victory this week. I'm just going to tell you this. It has to be a, a Bronco victory this weekend. Mm-hmm. It has to be because if it's not – I'm afraid of what we're going to have to say in, in the type of CAD podcast we're going to have to have next week. So I'm going to, I'm going to look, I, I, I'm going to put it out there and be a little biased, of course, on this one and say that, that the Broncos are going to somehow pull it together and get this win because I want them to, I want them to. And I want, and I want Fangio. I really want it for Fangio. I think he's a good guy, man. I think he's a little over in over his head as a, as a head coach. But I think he's a good guy. So I'm, I'm going to give him this victory. I'm not going to put a number out there. But I'm going to say they're going to figure out a way to pull it together. Because I'm going to be on the sideline, man. So I'm going to be down on that field. And, and maybe I'll throw Donatello some hints or something if they get in trouble defensively. 
you know, so Ray is a Colorado boy that's followed the Broncos uh, forever. This is the only time that I can remember where I was like, ooh, just like, because I'm always like, yeah, man, screw the Raiders. We're going to smoke those jokers. You know what right, I mean? And right, right. This, this you, became, week you became accustomed to it. You became accustomed yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah, like, thank like, you for that, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it came to a point to where, shoot, probably my last four or five times playing the Raiders, I was like, man, we're going to kick their ass anyway. I don't care what they do. We weren't even mad at the Red fans in the stands. We kind of felt bad for them. Yeah, you start hugging them. You start saying, man, y'all need a hug. When y'all play yeah. us, y'all need a hug. Because y'all get right, ass y'all. kicked. Yeah, you get your ass yeah. kicked. But you need a hug. Well, let's just yeah, give them a hug. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, just thinking about you being on the field, the alumni, Shani, Atwater, that is going to be an electric atmosphere I'm with you. I'm on the fence, but I am just so wishing for this Bronco victory, not just for Vic Fangio moving forward. Just that four and two start is just, it looks great, feels good. And you know what, Ray? I think the, the players on this team deserve it. They I think, that, I think they deserve I it. I agree 1,000%. And like I said, I, I agree to the extent of, of – they got some good guys on this team. Like, there's no – when I go down that roster, there's not one guy that I look at and say, he's not a hard worker. He's not willing to put his body on the line. He's not really, you know, willing to go for it. So, with that being said, I, I just hope they all come out and play well. And, and I'll be honest, the best thing that could have happened to us was that we played the Baltimore Ravens before this game. This team is very similar to the Baltimore Ravens except they don't have a Lamar Jackson who can run like he can. But think about it. Against us, Lamar didn't run. So actually what we saw against the Baltimore Ravens was a carbon copy of what we're going to see against the Raiders because Lamar stayed in the pocket pretty much that whole game and utilized Andrews, utilized Hollywood Brown, which is what you're going to see out of Carr. He's going to stay in that pocket and utilize Ruggs and utilize Wallace. So with that being said, I think we got a good opportunity to see what we see in, you know, coming this week against the Raiders. Great stuff, Ray. Like always, how can uh, people follow you on Twitter, Instagram, all your social medias? Hit me up at SlickPick639, at SlickPick639. As a matter of fact, I had a slick pick six against the Raiders one game for about 80 yards. So, yeah, look me up uh, at SlickPick639 and then at uh, Instagram on Croc39. Send me right. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I'm trying to build my, my you know, platform up. I'm coming at y'all. You can follow me at Chris Braden live on everything. So, Ray, do you think if I dug into YouTube, I might be able to find that highlight? Oh, easy. Easy. For sure. For sure. Right. Matter, of fact, matter of fact, just look at the top best plays, Bronco plays uh, against the Raiders, and, and it'll pop up. Perfect. Hey, Ray, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. Appreciate you, Good man. Stuff. See you next week. Uh, matter of fact, yeah. I might see you this weekend. I know, man. Hit me up. Let's go to like Shanny's for a steak. Yeah, for you're, sure. Let's do it. Of course. No doubt. I had no doubt. <laughs> All right, baby. Talk to you later.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.